0: I want to speak using talking about the two great lights. The two great lights. And so, Father, I want to thank you for this awesome privilege to bless your people, to minister your word, and to declare your truth. And I pray, my Lord and God, in Jesus' name, that our ears are open, our hearts are ready for the implanted seed of the word of God that will bring forth fruit. Thank you for the fruit. In all of our lives, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. So, all year long, we've been talking about Jesus and how he's revealed himself to us through his I am sayings. And so, this morning, I just want to build on some of the things we've been talking about by talking about the two great lights. In John chapter 8, in verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And then again in John chapter 9 in verse 5 it says, as long as I am in the world, I'm the light of the world. Now, I want to read a few scriptures to help us understand how God uses that word light throughout all of scriptures. Just so we can have an understanding. When we say light what are we talking about? Are we speaking of electricity? Are we speaking of revelation? Are we speaking of holiness, purity? What, what's, what does God have on his mind when he talks to us about light. So, let's go to the first one in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. 1 John 1, 5. Um, thank you. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So, that verse of scripture refers to the purity and the holiness of God. Even though it says God is light. So in that sense when it says God is light it's actually telling us that God is pure and that God is holy. And so the next scripture I want to look is Matthew chapter 4 verse 16. Matthew chapter 4 verse 16. He said the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light upon and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death light has dawned. So in this sense when the Bible talks of light, it's talking of a new hope, a new way of living for those who live in darkness and for those who have been ensnared by the powers of darkness. So in this sense, it's talking about hope and a new way of living. Next scripture in Psalms 119 verse 105. Psalms 119, Psalms 105. Man, you guys are rocket fast this morning. My God, what did you eat? Glory to God. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Again, we're looking at the word light. How has the Bible used this word in various scriptures? So, here in this verse is simply speaking of understanding. Understanding. Amen. Now, when we put all of this together, when we say light, when Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, he said, I'm the purity, I'm the holiness. I'm a new hope. I'm a new way of living and I'm the understanding of the world. Are you following me so far this morning? Let me give you one more. Psalms 36 verse 9. Psalms 36 verse 9. Psalms 36 verse 9. Okay. It says you are the fountain. Are you getting there? For with you is the fountain of life. And in your light, we see light. That one is talking to us about the revelation. It is only in God that you and I have revelation. So when you put all of this together, light means revelation. It means understanding. It means a new hope. A, way out, a, a, new, a, new, a new way out for living. It means purity. And it means holiness. Amen? Now, I don't think there's any doubt about the fact that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. It's the purity, the holiness, understanding, revelation, direction, hope, and a new way of living. I don't think anybody will argue against that. Scripture is very clear on that. And we easily, readily accept that Jesus is who he says that he is. But Jesus goes beyond that. To say something else to us, which I'm going to get to in a minute. Remember, the title of the message is The Two Great Lights. Let me go back for a minute and give us the context of how and why Jesus made these declarations in John chapter 8 and John chapter 9. You see, in John chapter 7, we see in the scriptures the Feast of Tabernacles. Tabernacles this is the last of the great feasts of the Jews. And John chapter 7 through to John chapter 9 covers the season of the Feast of Tabernacles. Are you following me so far? I said, are you following me so far? Oh my goodness. Amen. And there were two significant things. That happened at the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, what I'm sharing with you gives you the backdrop or the context to Jesus' declaration when he says, I'm the light of the world. Are you following me so far? Two things happen. Number one, there was the pouring out of the water. The priest would go to the pool, Siloam, and he'll fetch water. And they would carry the water from the pool to the temple. And on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, which went on for seven days, they would pour the water out. And they did that in symbolic manifestation of the future Messiah that was to come to give them the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Are you guys tired? This one It's just Sunday morning. You guys are looking at me like, man, get it over. Let's go home. You have to understand, I just came back from a place where I preached for six hours straight. And uh, they they were asking for more. John chapter (laughs) 7. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone tells, let him come to me. And drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him will receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because it was not yet glorified. So Jesus sat down at this feast year after year after year after year and he saw this priest go fetch water and pour it out and he understood why they were doing so. That they were doing so because they were anticipating the coming of the Holy Spirit and he's sitting there said, man if you guys just know who is among you. If you just understand that you don't have to look for a future thing because the future is already here and here in your midst I am what you are talking about if you just understand that I am the one that will send the Holy Spirit so that the rivers of water will begin to flow from and out of your belly. So the point of water, that's one thing that happened. The second thing that happened at this Feast of Tabernacle is the festival of lights. This is where they will light four huge lamps, 75 feet high. In Jerusalem. And by lighting it, it illuminated the entire city. Because you remember, Jerusalem is on the hill. And so when they lit this light, it gave light to everything around it. And it shone for miles. You could see it. And they did that in symbolism to celebrate or to speak of how God led them in the wilderness for the years that they walked in the wilderness, comma. And the fact that they were anticipating the coming Messiah who will also lead them as God had led them in the past. So, Jesus is sitting there and said, oh my goodness. You are celebrating in symbols. You are celebrating in type. But the substance, the real deal, the person of whom you are looking for is sitting in your midst. It is in that context that he blotted and said, I am the light of the world. Don't look for another light. Don't look for another hope. Don't look for another way. Don't look for another revelation. Don't look for another understanding. I am the understanding of God. I am the revelation of God. I am the holiness of God. I am the hope of the world. It is important for us to understand this background so we understand why he's saying what he's saying. Now, having said that, having said that, Jesus also said to us, in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, no, chapter 5, verse 14. He like said, Me and you are the lights of the world. We are the light of the world. Remember, I said two great lights. He is one great light. But he's not the only light. Paul says in First Thessalonians 5:18 or 5:8, say, Ye are lights. Ephesians 4, you are lights. And this one I want you to recognize that we are not an accident. That God understood what he was doing when he grafted us in the midst and called me and you as lights. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 1. So you can begin to see how God be- put all of this in motion. Genesis chapter 1. Give it to me in the amplified from verse 14. Genesis chapter 1 beginning from verse 14. Thank you. This is at creation. And God said, Let there be light in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be signs and tokens of God's provident providence care and to mark seasons, days, and years. Go on, sir. And let them be light in the expanse of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. Next verse. Watch this. Verse 16. And God. How many lights did you make? Ah. Was there a party last night that I missed? <laughs> you guys are sounding tired. <laughs> Praise God. And God made how many lights? Two great, Two great lights. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. Yeah. I now know you are great. <laughs> oh, you don't believe it. You don't, I don't think you guys really believe it. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. I'm sitting, I'm sitting next, next. To, greatness. to greatness. You may not see yourself as great, but God said He made two great lights. The greater light, the sun, to rule the day, and the lesser light, albeit still great, just lesser than the, the greater one. You understand? And the lesser light, the moon, to rule the night. Let's just stop there for one minute. Oh, my God. God made the sun, S-U-N, and he made the moon, M-O-O-N, and he gave them their responsibilities. The sun, S-U-N, will rule the day. But at night in a darkened world the sun will not interfere because it's, 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 it's commissioned and delegated the ruling at night to the moon. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I like one of the songs we did during present worship. Isaiah chapter 60. Arise and shine. For your light has come and that the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I think verse 2 of verse 3 talks about how the Gentiles shall be attracted unto your light. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Another scripture in Philippians chapter 2, Philippians 2 15, give that to me. Philippians 2 15, NKJV is fine. Philippians 2 15. The Bible is asking me on you to rule, to shine forth in the midst of Of a perverse, wicked, and dark. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault. In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. So God is delegating the rule and the role of shining in darkness. In a darkened world that is to you and I. Is how difficult that is for us to believe? When I say Jesus is the light of the world, nobody, nobody, everybody said, yeah, that's true. But then what I'm telling you, God's plan, that he left you and I here so that in the midst of darkness, he's saying, I'm commissioning you as the moon to shine. Let, let, let me explain to you why he can do that. Let's go to the solar system for one quick second. The moon only reflects the light of the sun. The moon has no light of its own. (laughs) But it only reflects the light of the sun, S-U-N. So if God says you are the moon... And that you rule and shine in darkness. What he's really saying is, his reflection is what is shining through you to a dark world. Oh, it is still him doing it. Oh my goodness! I wish you would say, uh, you need to understand that you and I are intricately in union with him. That's why he said, "I am the vine, and you are the branches." There is no difference between you and him if you understand what God has done to you by grace and accept it and begin to walk in it. The moon has no light of its own, but it's only a reflection of the light from the sun. Amen? It can only reflect, now hear this, it can only reflect as much of itself that is exposed to the light of the sun. Let me say that gently again. The moon can only reflect as much of of itself that is exposed to the sun. What's the message to you and I? The degree to which I can reflect the light of God is determined by the degree of how much God I'm carrying. Even though God has given me everything, Pastor Laron read the scripture, according to his divine nature, and through the exceeding promises of the word of God, he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We have it all. But what I'm saying is, the degree to which you give yourself to what God has already given you, the degree to which you minister to him, and you and, and you and, 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 and you and you press into him, the degree to which you immerse yourself in God will determine how much of him now you can give back to the world. In other words, we can never give what we don't have. We can never give what we don't have. So, by spending time with him, his image is produced in me. I get a reflection of him, and then I can take that reflection and give it to the world. That's what the moon does. The moon has no light of itself, but that which it takes from the sun. And so it gives to the night only what is received from the sun. Are you getting it? Two great lights. Both of them are great. One is greater than the other. The sun is greater than the moon. However, It is God's ordination that we have this distinction. That the moon rule at night and the sun in the day. And so what I'm saying to us this morning, we are part of that company of lights. There are two great lights. Jesus is one and we are also one. But we are a reflection of him. We have no light of our own except the one that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying to you? Yes. Now, there are certain maybe three things I want to say to us about the solar system that is important. Three truths, or three facts, or truths. Number one, there is only one son, sun, S U N. One. And so, there is only one savior. Jesus. Number two, the son, sun, S U N, provides light, life. And warmth and without it the world would cease to exist think about that and so Jesus tells us in John chapter 1 verse 3 Colossians 1 that by him Jesus all things exist <laughs> you, do you wonder why because when you remove the sun the world crumbles There's no, the world ends as we know it And so, without Jesus, the world, as we know it, will not exist. Number three, the sun is the center of our solar system. All the planets, planets rather, orbit around the sun. And so, all of creation orbit around Jesus because all things are made by him and for him. Nothing that is made, is ever made except Jesus made it. Now, that being the case, if in fact God created the sun and the moon and Jesus is the sun and me and you are the moon and he expects for us to give forth light to reflect his glory in the earth, what hinders us? What hinders us? Two things. And I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm just about done. Two things. We understand in the solar system there are eclipses. We have the solar eclipse And the lunar eclipse. The solar eclipse is when the moon covers the sun. Either partially or completely. In which case the earth is deprived of light. Let me say that again. The solar eclipse is when the moon. In this case let's translate it. Who is the moon? Us. God. When the moon, us covers the sun. Who is the sun? Jesus. And as long as the moon covers the sun, it creates a shadow or a darkness because the light is not able to penetrate to shine forth. That's one reason you and I don't reflect the glory of God. What does that mean? Whenever I try to take the credit for my life, my accomplishments, my successes, the things that are happening me, when I take that credit, I, the moon, am covering the glory of the sun. And in that sense, the sun cannot shine through. People cannot see God for seeing me. I'm sucking the oxygen out of the room I did this, I did that, I am this, I am that, blah, 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 blah. It goes on. I'll give, us, I'll give us a good example from the scriptures. Isaiah chapter 39. Isaiah chapter 39. Verses 1 through 4. Look at this story. At that time, Merodach, Baladan, the son of Baladan. King of Babylon sent letters and a present to Hezekiah. Why? Why did he send letters? For he heard that he had been sick and had recovered. Say, Seek sick and recover. recover. Let's say that one more time. Say, Seek sick and recover. And recover. This man was sick and he recovered. And because the news of his recovery reached them in Babylon, they sent an emissary. Man, go find out what happened to Hezekiah. And the emissary arrived. Verse 2. Verse 2. And Hezekiah was pleased with them and showed them the house of his treasures. Their silver and gold the spices and precious ointment, and all his armoury, all that was found among his treasure. There was nothing in his house or in all of his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. Are you following this? Verse 3. Then Isaiah the prophet went to king Hezekiah and said to him, what did this man say? And from where did they come to you? So Hezekiah said, they came up, From a far country, from Babylon, verse 4. And he said, What have they seen in your house? So Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing among my treasures I have not shown them. What are your friends seeing in your lives? What are they seeing in our lives? our treasures, our trinkets, our houses, our cars, our possessions, our accomplishments, our successes. What are we, what are we, what what have we put on display? That's the question. That's the question. For Hezekiah, remember verse one, he was sick and recovered. Who recovered him? When a man came to ask him, did he tell him about the God who recovered him? No. 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 Instead of showing them the God who healed him, he was showing them his treasures. And to that degree, the light of God in him cannot come forth. Why do we know that this is what happened to Hezekiah? Scriptures made it very clear. Let me read one more scripture. 2 Chronicles chapter 32. 2 Chronicles 32. 2 Chronicles 32. Verse 24, I believe. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. Do you hear that? How many times has God brought me and you from the brink of death? How many times has he delivered us from one thing or the other? How many times have you said, God, if I don't get this job, it is over. And God does it. And we fail to acknowledge that God who has done so. Every time I went to preach in those days when, I was, when my kids were young and growing up, whether they gave me $100 or $500 or $1,000, I brought it home and showed them the check and said to them, this is what God does. Because I want them to have a correlation between, between God and the provision in the house. They have to have a, something, a handle that they will say, okay, I'm eating breakfast. It is God that provided it. I need new pairs of shoes. It's God that provided it. Amen. And I new clothing on my back. It's God that provided it. You just cannot continue to do things as usual. And expect for your kids to get it. We have to help them. Connect the dots. Hezekiah was healed. Sick unto death. And he prayed to the Lord. And he spoke to him. And gave him a sign. Next verse. But that's a bad but. <laughs> There's some buts in the Bible. man. This good news is about to happen, but this one is bad. But Ezekiel did not repay according to the favor shown him. God helped me and you to pay God with the favor that's shown us. Amen. Not according, according to the favor shown him, for his heart was lifted up. That's the problem. Pride will steal God's thunder. And when that happens, we fail to give forth the light that we were intended and created to give forth. Solar eclipse is when the moon interferes with the sun. There is another eclipse And I think the last one happened recently this year, actually. January 31, 2018. It's called the lunar eclipse. So, in the solar eclipse, it's the moon that interferes with the sun. But in the lunar eclipse, it's the earth or the world, if you will, that interferes directly with the sun. The earth. And when that happens... The earth blocks the direct rays of the sun from allowing the moon to, be, to, to give the reflection it was created to do. What's the application of that for us? The application there for me and you is you and I will never be able to reflect the glory of God as long as we maintain the worldly mindset. Worldly mindset. The earth interfering with the sun or the world interfering interfering with the son will not allow me on you to be able to reflect the glory the worldly mindset that's what that means let's just look at one scripture and then we pray one scripture Daniel chapter 3 verses 14 through 30 Daniel chapter 3 verses 14 through 30 got it up there. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, is it true, Shadak, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my God, so worship the gold image which I have set up. Now if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony, with all kinds of music, and you fall down, and worship to the image which I have made. Good. Time will not permit me to, to decode all those all those things there. It don't permit me. Because many of the music all of us are listening to these days don't glorify God. Okay, let me leave. I Go. Okay, good, good. All right. I just lost everybody. Praise God. <laughs> but if you do not worship, you'll be cast immediately into the midst of burning fiery for this. And who is that God who will deliver you from my hands? Can you imagine this? This Nebuchadnezzar? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. We, it's not even a matter of consideration. You see, the reason these things are important, there are certain things that you and I must settle before it ever happens. And if you don't settle them, when it happens, you're struggling. There are certain things you must settle Certain things you must settle. Years ago, Johnson & Johnson had a situation in Chicago where Tylenol was found to be contaminated on the shelf, in the store, in the drugstore. A few bottles, contaminated. And immediately, they didn't have to struggle. What do we do? They you just, you no. Know, they said, if one was tainted, we withdraw everything. They withdrew all the Tylenol from the market, straight. They didn't take any chances. Why? How could they do that? How could they make that decision instantly? Because they had already made the decision before the time came. That if anything was ever to compromise the integrity of the product, there was no question about it, no controversy, we withdraw everything. What would you do if Nebuchadnezzar today says, dance to my music? And I give you the promotion. Dance to my music. And you get the scholarship. Dance to my music. Whatever you want, you get it. Just dance. Dance will not hurt you. Ah, after all, the instruments were made by God. What would you do? These Hebrew boys said to God to, to we don't need to answer you. It's not even up for discussion. Because we already know where we are. We are not going to debate it. We are not going to argue it. It's just that simple. Let's read on. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, and and this is, we need to understand this, Christians, believers, we need to understand this because we think God is only God when we get delivered. This is the mindset that's causing us a lot of problems. Because we think God is just a one-way God. He has to deliver us. And the only way we know that God is involved is because we got delivered. And if deliverance does not come, then maybe it's not God. Ask the Israelites who God deliberately set his GPS to the Red Sea and had them boxed in with the sea in the front and the shades of a Pharaoh in the back, because God said, "You know what? In this hard situation, I'm going to show the world who I am." Now I'm sure when those guys saw the Red Sea, they could not have thought that God was in, 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 charge, in control until God delivered them. But, I, but if not. Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor we will worship the gold image you have set up. Mm. Then, Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. Can you believe that? And so you're at work, and your boss or your partners that you're working with are misbehaving, and you're trying to walk in the straight and the narrow. And the more straight and narrow you walk, the worse things get. And you think God is not with you. That is not so. That is not so. You see, it is in the darkest hour that deliverance comes. Hallelujah. Not just in the dark hour, but in the darkest hour. Go and ask Paul and Silas. It was at midnight. After we've been singing all night. Deliverance did not come until midnight. In the darkest of the darkest hours. And he commanded certain mighty men of Velo who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then those men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. I mean, they wanted to make sure they don't escape. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to him, O oh, king, true, O oh, king, yes. Look, he answered. I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Question, how did Nebuchadnezzar a heathen king. How did he recognize the fourth one? And came to declare that this fourth one looks like the son of God. How? He only recognized them, or yes, him rather him, he only recognized the fourth one, the fourth person, Jesus in the fire, in the face of the affliction. The very things you and I are running away from is what declares the glory of God. Am I saying you you find affliction at Kroger and go and bite? No. No. But I'm telling you because God has made you already who you are. You are the moon. You are the light of the world. You have been called to shine in the midst of darkness. It's automatic. There's nothing you need to do but just be there. He's already done it all. He's just looking for you and I to follow him, obey him, and trust him. Trust and obey. Hey, hallelujah. Just trust him. And prove him. Over and over and over. There was no way these guys, these boys could have known what the result was going to be. They didn't know that Jesus was going to show up in the fire. All they just know is he promises I'm staying with it. But it is in and through that that the Gentile world saw God. So I'm saying to you, the world around you and I, the dark world around us, they are waiting to see the manifestation of the Son of God. But they will only see His manifestation as you and I take our position, All right. take our places, and become the second great light that shines in the midst of the darkness. Let's read the last two verses. And then we, we'll go. We're done. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an harsh heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Hallelujah! Oh, glory to God! Hallelujah. The heathen king gave the glory to God because he saw a light. Verse 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Listen, promotion is waiting for you. I said promotion is waiting for you. I said promotion is waiting for you. 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 I said promotion is waiting for you. In the name of Jesus. It's waiting. The question is, are you going to take it? Are you going to take it? Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word this morning. We thank you because we believe truly that we've been called to be not just your child, but a light to the world. You are the great light. We are the lesser light, but we are a reflection of the light we get from you. And so I pray and I charge every man and every woman, every child here this morning, God in Jesus name that we will totally completely become the expression of who you are through our relationship with you. We will walk with you. We will talk with you. We will hear you and we will act accordingly to the glory of your name. We will no longer be an obstruction to your glory. We will not be a hindrance to who you are and we will no longer walk in any compromise we are going to trust you. You said that without faith, it is impossible to please you, but that those that come to you must must believe that you are and that you are a reward of them that diligently seek you. And so, Lord God, we thank you. Thank you, Father God. We bless and we honor you now. In Jesus' name.